and welcome to episode 37 of the Retro Game Time Machine podcast. This week, time travelers, we're having a chat about Max Payne for, well, the PC, the Xbox, and the PlayStation 2. Came to a lot of things. And going back to the year 2001. At the time of recording, it is December the 18th, a Saturday, here in 2021. I am Ash the Newton, and joining me through a series of tubes is my co-host, Andy the Android. Hello. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Just, um, you know, kind of adapting to this crazy holiday season and the the, the cold weather is rolling in, you know. Um, and, yeah. <laughs> and and now that we've got a couple of holiday seasons under our belt, under our uh, new normal here, um, it, it definitely seems like one, each one sort of gets, I don't know, like is different from the last, like... I don't know. Last year, I was definitely like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to shut myself inside my house. And then this year, it's kind of like, all right, I'm going to still do stuff, but also be careful. You know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Anything in particular that you're doing? You got any plans? You going anywhere? Or uh, people coming to you? Not really. I mean, okay, I'm going to go see my dad and I'm attempting to hunt down the coveted honey baked ham. So okay. there's a, a, a spiral cut honey baked ham that my dad just has his, you know, uh, eye on think maybe the, uh, I think he's having like a similar reaction to the dad and the Christmas story to the Turkey. He's just like, got to have his, get his hands on this honey baked ham. So <laughs> I'm going to try and find one and uh, apparently you can reserve them online. So we're going to see how that goes. Um, is, it, is it a specific honey baked ham? Like um, a- the, there is a company called the Honey Baked Ham Company. Oh. <laughs> so it's so. what they, yeah, it's what they make. So um, seems like they know what they're doing. If that's if that's the name of their company, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I, they and I have no idea what this costs. So they just say you can reserve, and they no mention of price. So we'll see how this goes. If you have to ask, you can't afford it. I apparently, apparently. So. Um, yeah, we'll see about the honey baked ham and see if I can still reserve one. But yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty much it. I I'm starting a new job, so I'm kind of like getting trained at this time, but also we have partial and like time off during this holiday season. So um it, it's actually working out pretty well. So yeah, that's good. That's that's the good news. So uh what about you? What holiday plans do you have? Uh as of right now, none. Zero. Um, it it occurred to me because uh, Christmas for those who celebrate it is going to be a week from today. Yeah, and I have not spoke with my parents about anything yet. Mm. Um, so that'll probably happen today or tomorrow, just to see what they're doing and if they're going to be around. Since they only live a couple hours away, um, or you know, at least my mom and stepdad do. My dad is my dad is much further up north. It's like. Okay you know, 12 or so hour drive. Wow. Yeah. So not going to be going there for this holiday, but I definitely want to make it up there um, sometime the next couple months. That'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to think if there's anything else going on. Well, actually, so, okay. One, one thing that I feel like I should be really excited about is my copy of Dangan Fever on that I ordered from limited to run games. I know that I brought up months ago. Uh, it arrived. All right. But not to me. Oh, it's, uh, I have a delivery notification so that it was placed in the parcel locker. 
Oh. Well, I have no key to open the parcel locker. And oh. it looked like all of them had been opened and there's no packages sitting out. Oh. So I reached out to Limited Run Games and I was like, hey, so I know this says that this arrived, but I don't have it. And it yeah. says that it came days ago. Yep. And it doesn't look like I'm going to have any way to get this. They're like, well, it said it was delivered. Yeah, that's a, that is a really kind of crappy thing about these, you know, delivery middlemen is that neither company will take responsibility for anything lost. Yeah. Uh, so it so looks like I'm just out 80 bucks for for this game that I was actually legitimately really looking forward to because uh, I love this game. Yeah. I've been so excited about getting a physical copy of this game because there's never been a physical copy. I mean, other than the arcade board. Um, which I don't have. I don't have an arcade board or a way to play arcade uh, boards. So anyway, kind of bummed. I can't file anything with USPS until it's been uh, more than fifteen days. So I just, I'm kind of bummed. I think I'm just going to get screwed out of eighty bucks and uh, reconsider my ordering stuff from Limited Run. Yeah, that's that's really kind of a difficult position to like. I think that's the thing that hurts the most is just that that money that you just like went somewhere for nothing, yeah. you know, to yeah. materialize. Yeah, I that's... just I donated it to Limited Run apparently. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh I hope at least whoever has my package is enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um so yeah, that's that's a bummer. But something that's not a bummer is uh, coming up, like we mentioned in our last episode, our top five of 2021 episode. We're going to be doing a live stream for that. And we have decided uh, that we're going to do this December the 28th at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Um, So if you are interested, definitely get um, our Twitch information via retrogametimemachine.com or you can head directly to twitch.tv slash andytheandroid or twitch.tv slash mashthenewton if you are interested in watching it live. Otherwise, it will likely be coming out uh, not the not the Sunday night directly following recording, but likely the Sunday after that because um, the Sunday directly following the recording is a regular, regularly, wow, regularly scheduled um, episode release time. So uh, tomato, tomato. <laughs> yeah, it's close enough. So yeah, I mean, we haven't streamed an episode before, so it'll probably work. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I I have no doubt in our technical ability to do it, but um, you know, just as a reminder to everybody, it's it's not going to be edited live. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's so correct. You're, you're going to hear all of my ums that yeah. I edit out. So. It's going to be the, the raw, unfiltered retro game time machine. <laughs> exactly. So you'll you'll get a little bit more if you come and see it live than uh, listening to the actual recording. Yep. So anyway, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, though. I think it'll be fun. I've already been creating the outline, gearing up. I'm having a hard time picking some of the some of my top games because we have we have our, our two categories of top five of games that came out in 2021. And then top five games that we played in 2021 for the first time that were released in a different year. Yeah. So, so though that like that that second category is like kind of a wild card, um, which I think is kind of fun because it's there. There's likely going to be a different stuff 
between you and I that, you know, that we've played for the first time this year um, as not related to the show as well. So, well, we got anything else before we get into the news? Let's do the news. All right. Well, first item here, System Shock Remake launches next year and some new screenshots have been revealed. And I know that System Shock, uh, the remake, is something we've talked about on the show before because it has been in the news. It was, though, first announced in 2016 and it was supposed to be coming out sometime this year, I think in the summer. Mm-hmm. But now it's now it's sometime in 2022 that it's going to be coming. These new screenshots look really cool here on the Game Informer article that I'm looking at. And I, I believe there's actually, yeah, it actually says in here, there's still a uh, demo available on Steam, Epic Game Store, and GOG. Mm. So you can still go check this out. I don't know. I, I've never played System Shock. I I am interested in the remake, but I don't think I want to play the demo right now. I think I kind of want to wait. Yeah, I could I could totally see that. And also Night Dive Studios is handling this, but um, they did the Turok remaster that we played. Oh, nice. Which is cool. It's encouraging. Um, however, you know, this isn't just a up res. Um, this is sort of a whole yeah. new game because the, you know, the original system shock had like sprite based graphics and, you know, for a lot of what they were doing, but this one yeah. will have full 3d environments and, um, and yeah, I thought, so they really do have to, they, they are completely rebuilding the game from the ground up. Probably I'm assuming in a whole new engine. Yeah. I yeah. Think they'd have to, yeah, it's, it just wasn't, <laughs> um, now I think Warren Spector, who was I'm sort of you know at the helm of the original uh, System Shock, was involved with this. Oh, cool! Um, in at some point, but I see no mention of his name today. So, uh, okay, here we go. I, this is a, a hot take. Video Games Chronicle says that Warren Spe- uh, Spector Studio says it's still involved with System Shock Three after. 10 cent swoop <laughs> so maybe that was a completely different project oh, system shock three yes that is different from this yeah okay so that's and this this article was dated uh june of last second of june this year so uh anyway so i, I imagine warren specter i don't know i don't know maybe he's not involved because his creative energies you know are already being realized uh from his work on the first game so <laughs> Yeah, this is this is looking looking good. Yeah, it looks great. I mean, imagine I, the idea is you know, System Shock was the uh, if you're not familiar, the sort of Bioshock predecessor. Yeah. Uh, so if you think about Bioshock in space, you actually won't be too far off <laughs> of what this game is, um, which. It actually is really exciting to me because I did love the setting of the original Bioshock like a lot because I think under yeah. the ocean is a really cool thing, but also space is pretty cool too. <laughs> Heck yeah. Yeah. Two of my favorite settings. Give me more sci-fi. Yeah. I mean, the the thing about the under the ocean thing in Bioshock is it was mostly um, aesthetic, right? Uh, yeah. Unless you played Bioshock 2 where you actually got an opportunity to walk around out there. So... Ah, I did not make it that far in Bioshock 2. Neither did I, but I know you can. <laughs> Great. Anything else on Bioshock or uh, System Shock, I should say? 
Uh, last thing that is unrelated to the game, uh, it does say, in case you missed it, a live-action System Shock TV show is also in the works. Wow. So, <laughs> so there you go. More, more video games invading other forms of media, which, hooray. They're swinging for a home run on this one. So Yeah. Yeah, hopefully it's cool. I, yeah. I mean, the game and the show. Yes. Um, I, I'll take this next story here. Uh, Banjo-Kazooie joins Nintendo Switch Online expansion pack next month, uh, which I think is pretty cool. However, I, I just have to note, you know, to get my little Xbox, you know, advertisement in here <laughs> that you can play probably a better version of this on Xbox One, you know, I was going to say backwards compatibility. It's not backwards compatibility. It's just the Xbox One version that was released with Rare Replay. Yeah. And I think that also... No, that's the Xbox 360 version. I'm just remembering now. So oh, is it? Yeah. So it's, when, not, it's not the, the, the N64 one at so all? I, I remember when you got the disc, which I did for Rare Replay, um, it gave you a download code for the Xbox 360 version. So it is backwards compatibility on Xbox One. <laughs> Um, and that is a great way to play Banjo-Kazooie. I, I didn't finish it by any means. At one time, I will, but it was uh, it, it, it is a good version. It's like full, it's widescreen. It's got high definition visuals, but everything is, the assets themselves are mostly untouched. I think maybe they up-res them just to clean them up. But that is a great way to play Banjo-Kazooie if you're itching to. But uh, I am glad that Microsoft is sort of allowing this to happen. <laughs> which is really cool because, you know, the rights do not belong to Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I do think that that's awesome. Um, I think Microsoft's, they, they've been playing nice with everybody. I yeah. like it. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, maybe maybe this means that we get Game Pass on Switch one day, but I, I know that that's a, <laughs> that's a tall order when it comes I, to... I feel like that would be more Nintendo saying, no, we don't want that to happen. Yeah, no, uh, of course, 100%. But... Um, I am, you know, I, I, if, if, if we, it's a good thing. It's a good thing when the, you know, the competition plays nice because everybody sort of wins in that scenario. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to remember their, their marketing line, which mm-hmm. is, I think when everybody plays, we all win. Yeah. Um, I, that, that is more like having to do with like their accessibility features. I think that they're referring to with that particular okay. Logan, but I also just think it, you know, in general, like, when everybody plays, we all win. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, a, I mean, it's a good thing. And also, you know, you could, you know, one could relate that to cross-play between different yeah. platforms as well, which is, exactly. you know, it's just something, it was one of the big reasons why I always, you know, um, pushed for PC because you didn't have to deal with cross-play shenanigans. You know, everybody had the the appropriate version and and then game launchers came out and messed things up so <laughs> with yeah you know not impossible but another barrier between crossplay so yes yeah especially when those game launchers are like what is used as opposed because back in my day yeah right <laughs> each game had its own like way to you know once you were in the game you could just connect with people yeah um now it was like, you know, it wasn't as cohesive as having like a, oh, I can see my friend doing this thing is, you know, or sorry that my friend 
whoever is playing this game over here that isn't the game that I'm playing right now. So that was a benefit. But we also had stuff like that with X-Fire um, oh. on PC. And yeah. also, I think the All-Seeing Eye. Um, wow. And like, I think there was a GameSpy launcher that allowed you to kind of track your friends across different games. I don't know. There was different. There was different ways to handle that way back when. Anyway, I'm just talking about it because they existed. Not that they were yeah. necessarily better, but no, I, I haven't I thought mean, about that stuff in a while. <laughs> the, the earliest that I came into was like Team Viewer. Like that was the way to communicate, like do voice chat. You know, between between PCs, that was like and it Team felt, Viewer. Team Viewer. Yep. What? You did, uh, what about like Roger Wilco and no, no, it was you know all them. I came in about 2015 into the PC gaming market. So it was wait, 2015? Yeah. And you were using Team Viewer? Yep. Yeah, I <laughs> know this was before Discord. So Discord is just coming out. So yeah. I'm trying to remember what I was using with my friends before Discord. I think it was just Steam. Probably Steam. Steam was think, you know, it's been an option for a while. Anyway. I remember discovering Steam like 2004. So <laughs> when playing, I discovered Steam because of Half-Life 2. So well, yeah, that was that was how everyone adopted the use of Steam. Yeah. I was I was anti-Steam at first. I was like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep playing Half-Life in the Sierra launcher or not Sierra launcher, but like you know the the version that I installed off of my my disc from Sierra. That's a good version. <laughs> yeah. So. It's like, yeah, I'm going to use that. I don't want to use this Steam thing and have only digital games. That sounds terrible. Yeah. And now, with the exception of my Switch, I'm in the all digital future, yep. I would say, to borrow a phrase from the Player One podcast. <laughs> um. All right. Anyway, I guess that's enough of a tangent, unless anything else on Banjo. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I hope it's good. I hope it's, you know, I hope they hope this version doesn't have crazy input lag or graphical issues like some of, well i should just say like ocarina of time if it, if it plays like Star Fox, everyone will be all right so. yeah I, I still haven't signed up for that yet because nope haven't haven't had the need to no, i yeah um all right well next thing gotta go fast sonic's coming to tesla's in-car system uh, according to the verge and i mean that's cool yeah, you got you got more video games to play in your incredibly expensive car. That's <laughs> I guess, well, I guess it's perspective, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and this it, the picture here is so misleading to me, but it shows a Genesis controller sitting on the dash. You know, it's like I don't think you can pair Bluetooth controllers. I don't know. I I wouldn't know. I don't own a Tesla, but <laughs> it's like. I think someone just took the opportunity to, um, you know, grab their Nintendo Sega Genesis controller and say, yeah, it, it says a screenshot of the Sonic one title screen opened in the Tesla web browser. Yeah. Yeah. Because the game is not available yet. So yeah, that's correct. It's so it's very, um, if you, if you, if, if you ever use that, seen that blue cap emoji, my, this is my friend's circle. Like, um, Basically, like if 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 someone you know if someone comments this like blue baseball cap, it's basically saying that this is fake. Like, <laughs> I don't know what the phrase or what it's actually called, like capped or something I like have that. No but idea. I've anyway, never, I've I don't recall seeing that. Yeah, it's just like it's kind of like there's something devious going on in this video. So 
um, which is most of the internet at this point, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think it's cool that they're adding video games to, you know, it's again, it, it probably sets the record for the most expensive console, you know, at MSRP. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, the most expensive way to play Sonic the Hedgehog is to buy a Tesla. Yeah. I mean, this is like a reason I bring a controller and an iPad if I'm going to be sitting in my car waiting for something or I bring my Switch even yeah, better because it switch. fits nicely under my seat, you know, like <laughs> um, so I can just, you know, like when I go to the airport and I'm waiting to pick someone up, that's that's how I do it. Nice. So, but sure, you know, added value to things. I guess that's I, that's all I have to say. <laughs> it's really nothing. Yeah, I didn't didn't have much to say. I'm just like, oh, it's a thing that exists. Yeah. And it's uh, you know, it's Sonic. It's old school. Yes. Oh yeah. Microsoft is now selling an Xbox Red Ring of Death poster for $25 US. Red Ring of Death, is that a band? Should be. Yeah, should be, right? <laughs> um yeah, so it's this is kind of coming because of their six-part documentary that they're doing, the story of Xbox. Uh-huh. Um, I still haven't seen it yet. I I got an Xbox Fan Fest invitation to view it early, um, like last weekend, but I did not. I did not do that. Yep. But I definitely want to check it out. And it it's funny. Like if I had a place to put this, actually, I should check out and see what size it is because I kind of want this. <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. I kind of want this poster. It looks cool. Um, I did have six Xbox 360s that red ringed. Uh-huh. So it almost feels like, you know, me signing up for some PTSD to get this thing. But at the same time, it just it looks cool. And like it's it's I think it's kind of funny how much they're embracing this part of Xbox history and their loss of a billion dollars because of this problem. <laughs> I, I love the uh, Verge's caption here. It's like, that's one way to make back that infamous $1 billion that um, Microsoft spent on support and warranting the consoles. <laughs> yeah. So, and if you're unfamiliar, this is just like a large black poster and it has the Xbox 360 circular um, ring basically with three red lights and titled the Red Ring of Death. Uh which is not Microsoft's words. This is like the community. Um, yes. And the, the what I th- found funny about this, because I did have a console red ring on me uh, once, and I believe it was, I think what actually happened was a in the lower right quadrant would be one red ring, basically. So what I found is that the arrow co- error codes like, there's one that's like totally fine and like a non-issue. And then the rest are all bad, <laughs> particularly the ones that are an odd number of rings. And I just pulled up like what these things generally mean. So one in the right in the in the lower right quadrant, one red flash um basically says that like that there's, no video output. Uh no. Um this one is a when a hardware component fails. Oh, okay. Um the the three is the general hardware failure, which could either mean um, one of these is the power adapter. Also, it's one of the hardware components. I'm going to go ahead and say it was three because, um, and the Xbox rep- representative actually had me make sure that my power adapter was working properly <laughs> before warranting my yeah. console. So that was cool. The, uh, the two of them on the left side is a overheating issue. 
So that's also bad and could be related to, but at least your console like caught that it's overheating and needs to yeah. shut down before it actually damages itself. And then all four, which seems like the worst thing that you can possibly see is an AV cable error. So yeah. <laughs> that's like, you didn't plug in your cable. Um, yeah, the exactly. The console all the way. I, I remember seeing that. I think uh, sometime in the middle of when I had been having all of my consoles red ring, mm-hmm. I was like, what the hell? I haven't seen this one before. And was like, oh, I didn't see the AV cable. <laughs> yeah. We've all done that. I was like, no. yeah, this, this was, this was pre HDMI. Uh-huh. Um, at least on the version of the Xbox that I owned or 360 that is yeah. that I owned. Sorry. I thought I saw one. Yeah. Okay. So the general error, uh, three lights is power adapter or your red ring of death basically. Yeah. So yep. Nope. I'm very familiar with the three that yeah. it's showing right here. <laughs> yes. The most, it was the most common one, but I mean, it, one would also be bad. So yeah. Well, speaking of Xbox 360, you want to, yeah. Tell us about the next thing here. So the, specifically the Halo servers for Xbox 360 games are shutting down next month. And I'm betting that this has something to do with 343 and Microsoft still hosting these servers and then also wanting to utilize them for Halo Infinite. <laughs> so this does not affect Halo the Master Chief Collection. Um, or Halo Wars Definitive Edition. So that basically if you have an, an, a native Xbox One title, it's not going to be affected. It's just specifically Xbox 360. And I'm, I'm also betting they just got to a point to where, you know, they're always looking at the numbers, right? Like how many concurrent, like, you know, was it, you know, a year ago, was it a thousand people playing, you know, a day? And now it's only like a hundred. So they're like, okay, okay, guys, fun's over. We're going to shut this down. Um, let's see. It says that, okay, achievements will still work. There's a lot of things that still work. You can still play LAN, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Not requiring. It's just they have a whole chart here, like a like a spreadsheet chart about things that you can still do. Yeah. And it's, it's a bummer, but it makes sense that this stuff is ultimately now being shut down because... Uh, I mean, the Master Chief Collection in which you can play all of these games was originally released back in 2014. Uh-huh. So it's not like you don't have a way at all. You don't have a way to play the 360 versions, though. It is kind of making me want to go back and play some of this on yeah. the 360, like before it's totally gone. Yeah. Uh, but it's saying, yeah, January the 13th, 2022 is when uh, the online services for the Halo games will be shut off for the 360. And also just something to note here that Halo 2 and Halo 1 have already long been shut down for the original Xbox. So Yes. Yeah, that was... I remember the there being a story, though, for Halo 2 when yeah. online was shut off. There were still like people connected that just weren't dropping their sessions mm-hmm. and still on for like the next week or more. Yeah. So I wonder if we're going to have a repeat of that with like Halo 3 and Reach and ODST and 4. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, and totally what you can look forward to is fans creating their own servers for you to run on yeah. these games. So just like you can on the original Xbox, if I believe you, I don't even think you need to mod your Xbox. I think you just need to plug in a specific like DNS server. And anyway, 
but yeah, I, like I think you can. So I think basically all these folks will just have to move to the X-Link Kai community or yeah. something like it, yeah. um, where you can like tunnel through and play land games over the internet. Yeah. Um, like I did that with Halo 2 um, sometime a year or so ago, maybe a little more. Yeah. And play and got my butt kicked by some people in Brazil um, <laughs> playing Halo 2. So nice. That yeah. Sounds like a good time. <laughs> yeah. So I, th- I think it's fun that there's still communities that like kind of keep this stuff alive. You just got to gotta know where to look. Okay. And very last thing this week, unless you got anything else on Halo. Uh, rest in peace. All right. Yes. RIP in peace, Halo. Yeah. (laughs) I hate that, but it's funny. I hate it. And now I say it all the time. Um, So, last thing is five new Sega Genesis games uh, added to Nintendo Switch Online, including Alt Beast, Ho Jam, and Earl, and more. Um, That's an article here from Game Informer. And And Game Informer also mentioned, surprise, that uh, Paper Mario was dropped on. That wasn't in the uh, Banjo Kazooie story, but Paper no, Mario. No, but I think I think we talked about that last episode. Okay. Maybe, maybe. Okay, if I remember correctly, or at least I know that I saw the article for it a while ago. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be Altered Beast, Toe Jam, and Earl Dynamite, Heady, Sword of Vermilion, and Thunder Force Two on Nintendo Switch Online plus expansion pack. Yeah. Um. So yeah, some cool games there. If you if you are subscribing to this service, I I've played most of these games. I've actually not really put uh, hardly any time into toe jam and Earl. I do remember it was on Sega channel. Yeah. Same with, I think altered beast. I don't know if thunder force two ever was, man, the thunder force games are something I actually should get into. Um, Cause they're, they're shmups, uh, but they are, I think they're horizontal. And oh. normally I really like vertically scrolling ones. Yeah. Um, but horizontal shmups are fun too. Um, I think Dynamite Heady might have been on a game like uh Sega Channel way back when, also. I can't remember. Yeah. They kind of sound like titles that might be, you know, like maybe lesser yeah. known titles. Man, but I, I still remember the at least seeing a ton of advertisements for Dynamite Heady. Oh, and it's it's on the Sega Genesis Mini. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, yeah, really oh. honestly. Same with Thunder Force 2. It's on the Genesis Mini. <laughs> nice. Okay. Yeah. These are games I've never heard of, actually, to be completely honest. Oh, yeah? So, yeah. All um, right. We might need to jump back into that Sega Genesis library. Yeah. We, we just might. Yeah. Got a lot. That's it. I got I got nothing else about these. What about you? Uh, no. I don't, I don't think so. Um, but you know, it, and for the record, just to just say, you know, I've heard very good things about the emulation of Sega Genesis games on Nintendo Switch. So that's the good news. Yeah. Well, yeah, that is good. Um, I'll have to try it out whenever I ultimately do up to the uh, expansion pack version. Um, I really just think it'll require wanting to play a multiplayer N64 game online that'll that'll be what finally does it more than likely yeah pushes me over the edge all right well should we go back in time let's go back should we should we talk about max Payne? well let's let's i'm excited all right me too um all right well let's get in that time machine 
And we have arrived. It is July 23rd, the year 2001. And yep, there's some, yep, that the song You Remind Me by Usher is playing on that little radio or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Whatever it is that is projecting the most popular song in the United States uh, on this day. And then now that that's wrapping up, uh, the number one song in the UK is being played right now. It is Eternity slash The Road to Mandalay by Robbie Williams. I didn't listen to this song, so I actually don't remember if I know this song or not, but I do like Robbie Williams. Other things happening this month in July of 2001, uh, July 7th, Drew Barrymore weds actor-comedian Tom Green in Malibu. <laughs> yeah, Tom Green. Remember, he was a thing. Yeah. Uh, July the 9th, The Office mockumentary created by Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant, starring Ricky Gervais and Martin Freeman, premieres on BBC Two in the UK. Oh, that show is so good. And so is the show that it spawned in the US. Uh, July 16th, actress Meg Ryan, age 38 at the time, divorces actor Dennis Quaid, 46 at the time, after nine years of marriage. So sad. Um, or maybe it's not. I don't know. Things just don't work out sometimes. It's fine. Uh, July 19th, the 34th San Diego Comic-Con International opens at San Diego Convention Center. I threw that in there because I can't believe that in 2001, San Diego Comic-Con had already been happening for 34 years. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. That's yeah. amazing. I didn't realize that San Diego Comic-Con has been around for so long. I've never been. Yeah. But it's it's always seemed like a big deal. So I, I feel like it blew up um, probably in the last 10, 15 years. So like really blew up. But yeah, with all especially with all like the superhero movies and everything yes. coming about. Um, yeah. Anyway, 34 years uh, in July of 2001. Movies released this month include Jurassic Park 3, Ghost World, Hedwig and the Angry Itch, Jason 10, Spirited Away, Planet of the Apes, and Wet Hot American Summer. Some pretty good movies coming out that month. Yeah. Yeah, I've always meant to uh, watch that Wet Hot American Summer. I did watch like the new Netflix show that's on there, at least some of it, which is like incredibly awkward and hilarious because it's the original actors, but they've aged like yeah 15 20 years and they just pretend like yeah. they haven't 20 years at this point yeah exactly um yeah and i only just recently saw ghost world and it's weird but i liked it uh-huh. um i know i saw jurassic park 3 in the theaters and i saw jason 10 at the at a drive-in double feature with that and blade 2 um, and I know I saw Planet of the Apes in theaters. I still have not seen Spirited Away to this day, and I need to I need to fix that. Music albums released this month include, and this was a good, good month for music. Uh, Comfort Eagle from Quake. Quake. I said that I said that last night when I was telling my partner about this. Comfort Eagle from Cake, not Quake. It's not, <laughs> it's not a video game. Uh, the self-titled album from Aaliyah. Takeoffs and Landings from Rilo Kiley, White Blood Cells from The White Stripes, Origin of Symmetry from Muse, Bleed American from Jimmy Eat World, Celebrity from NSYNC, and then I think I was going to put something else there, but I didn't finish that line. So those are the things that, <laughs> so at least some notable things that came out this month. And then also notable games released this month include Final Fantasy X for the PlayStation 2, Mario Kart Super Circuit for the Game Boy Advance, which 
that the Game Boy Advance just come out the, the previous month. Uh, Gran Turismo 3 A-Spec for the PlayStation 2 and Pokemon Crystal for the Game Boy Color. Some good stuff. Yeah. I was I was a big Jimmy World fan back in the back in the day around 2003 2004. Um yeah, uh, I I, I kind of got into them uh because of my actually I he has no direct relation to me. <laughs> but uh, another another guy my age um that I was visiting it was my god my godparents son. Yeah. Uh-huh. My godparents son in uh Arizona that year we went to Thanksgiving. And he introduced me to Jimmy Eat World. I, I'm the uh, last thing on Jimmy Eat World is I, I, I also hate the radio and TV for ruining the song Sweetness by playing it like all the time for the, you know, I don't know, 20 or so years following its release. I think I need to hear it because oh. by its name, by its name, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm sure if I heard it, I'd be like, oh yeah, okay, that song. Yeah, it's like, oh, it just takes some time. Oh, that's that's the middle. That's the middle. Okay, then I'm yes. thinking of middle. Then <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have the wrong some song. Time, little yeah. bit in the middle. Nah, nah, nah. Yeah, anyway, I hate that. I hate that song now. It's been played. Oh too no! Much. Yeah. I hate oh, it. it's it's like your Eagles. Hell freezes over. Uh, may, yep, basically. But I that happened uh, to me. Yes, it's but everything. Every other song is fine. Maybe sweetness is good. I forgot. Uh, back to Max Payne. So today you can play Max Payne on Xbox consoles, PS2, PS4, and PS5, mobile devices, and PC. Uh, a couple of sequels are spawned, but we might talk about that going a little further. But I'll uh, we'll talk about that later. For the history, uh, this is done by Remedy Entertainment. Uh, they've done some things ever like since, such as uh, Alan Wake and Control, and what's that other Quantum Break? Is that the oh other? yeah, yeah. I, I, Quantum Great or Quantum Break was great. Yeah, I think so, it's for the games that you just mentioned, but yes, totally. Um, but anyway, going back to history, Remedy Entertainment developed an idea of a third-person action game in late 1996 after completing Death Rally, their first game, inspired first by Loaded, and then by the success of Tomb Raider. Although determined to avoid its horrid camera system. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, the camera system in Tomb Raider sucks. Yeah. Uh, According to the game's story and script writer, Sam Luke, for him, the starting point was this archetype of the private eye, hard-boiled cop that would be used in the game with a deeper, more psychological story. A game prototype and design document of the project with the working titles Dark Justice and Max Heat, a world play, or I'm sorry, excuse me, a word play on this is a TV show called Dick Justice and a porn film <laughs> Max Heat. That's that's kind of, that's funny. Uh, both featured in Max Payne 2. Uh, were soon created and shown to 3D Realms who signed a development deal and production began. In 1999, the designers traveled from Finland to New York to research the city, accompanied by two ex-NYPD bodyguards to get ideas for environments and take thousands of photographs for mapping. 
Now, I don't know if it calls it out anywhere in the rest of this because I can't remember, but fun fact, Sam Lake, the guy who uh, wrote the story and the script is the face of Max Payne. Oh, wow. And they're they're, they're also from Finland. Uh So the voice of Max Payne is not the same guy. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) The voice of Max Payne is a different guy. And actually, when we watched, uh, or, you know, the, the Game Awards were recent, we're on recently and Sam Lake was actually one of the people that was talking with Jeff Keeley. So it was my first time actually hearing his voice when seeing the face of Max Payne. And I was like, this is really weird. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you're Max Payne, but you're not Max Payne. <laughs> and I, Sam Lake also probably inspired the name Alan Wake. Like we have to, <laughs> it's, it's ah. too close. It has to be anyway, but. <laughs> yeah, actually that is that is pretty close. Um, okay. Sorry for the, the little derailment there, but uh, it is. It's it's topical. Uh, for cutscenes, developers found comic panels with voiceovers to be more effective and less costly to use than fully animated cinematics, noting that comic panels force the player to interpret each panel for themselves, and the nuances are there in the head of the reader. It would be much harder to reach that level of in-game or even pre-rendered cinematics. They also found it easier to reorganize the comic panels if the plot needed to be changed while developing the game. The in-game engine was used for some of the cutscenes involving action sequences. The music for the game was composed by, uh, and I hope I'm saying this right, uh, Katsi Hataka? Wait, yeah, I, I hope so. <laughs> Apologies if you happen to listen to this and you are the composer, and I said <laughs> your name wrong. So, fat chance that's happening, but still. <laughs> As a result of the inevitable comparisons to the Matrix, heck yeah, especially those later levels. Um, yeah. <laughs> the designers have uh, included several homages or homage <laughs> to the uh, film in order to capitalize on the hype. For instance, the detonation of the subway tunnel door to gain access to the bank vault is similar to the cartwheeling elevator door in the movie while the introduction nothing to lose level is similar to the lobby shootout scene in the film yes that's absolutely yeah that was fun that was a cool level an incredibly cool scene which i also just watched the matrix uh uh, sometime in the past week okay yeah and the uh you know you complete with going through the metal detector and the metal detectors going off which yeah i i was actually remember that scene a lot more from conquer's bad fur day uh, oddly enough, because there is a parody at the end. Oh, really? There's I've, a, yeah, I've, I've never played that. There is a there is a Matrix ass Matrix scene, like unapologetic, like Conqueror starts talking like Neo kind of thing <laughs> with sunglasses. That's too funny. Trench coat. Yeah, it's it's amazing. We'll have to play that maybe. Yeah, anyway. I, I gotta I gotta play that game sometime. Yes. Future Mark, which licensed the Max FX graphics for their 3D benchmark series included a matrix-like lobby shootout as a game test in the 2001 edition. As far as the reception of Max Payne, uh, the United States Max Payne's computer and PlayStation 2 versions respectively sold 430,000 copies, uh, which is equivalent to $16.9 million in revenue, and then 1.6 million copies, which is $56 million in revenue, by 2006. According to Edge and Next Generation, 
This made Max Payne the country's 33rd highest selling computer game released between 2000 and 2006, and the 26th highest selling game launched for the PlayStation 2, Xbox, or GameCube between those dates. Max Payne was released to very positive reviews. All game praised the game's atmosphere, level, and sound design, while noting that the story is at times predictable and full of cliches, and that unlike Half-Life, where the action is integrated perfectly with its simplistic yet appropriate story, Max Payne frequently yanks you out of the game and forces you to look at a badly drawn in-game graphic novel and listen to mediocre dialogue. I think that's not fair to say it's badly drawn. I, yeah, I don't agree with that particular reviewer personally, Yeah, but, but that's their take. Yeah, it's definitely some drawings with um, heavy effects that are overlaid onto them. So It almost looks like their photos... Yeah. That they then applied like some Photoshop yes. filter to. That's that that is probably true. That was my impression also. So uh the review also noted a lack of replay value or multiplayer modes. In a mixed review, Edge praised Max Payne for successfully integrating the bullet time mechanic into its core, but criticized its linear and shallow level design. That I can maybe agree with a little bit more. So uh, while the graphics were generally praised for high-resolution textures, the character models lacked animated facial expressions. IGN criticized the titular character's grimace on his face that makes him look constipated. <laughs> that's that, that's that's fair. That's, it's it's kind of hilarious to watch his face. Like it was like a little bit overdone, but anyway. All right. For the overview of the game, uh, the player assumes a role of the titular character with gameplay revolving around the use of the bullet time mechanic during firefights. When triggered, time is slowed down to such an extent that the speed at which bullets and other projectiles move is slow enough to be seen by the naked eye. Although Max's movement is also slowed, the player is able to move and react in real time, allowing them more time to plan and react to enemies. Players are initially armed with a 9mm Beretta pistol, but as the game progresses, other weapons become available. With Max able to dual wield some weapons for an increase in firepower at the cost of higher ammo consumption. When hurt, Max can replenish health by taking painkillers, which can be found in medical cabinets lying around in levels or taken from slain enemies. And that's, I always thought that was a bit irony, like painkillers, they they kill Max Payne. So, <laughs> but they actually heal him anyway. Uh, the game's AI dependent, uh, sorry, the game's AI is dependent on scripted commands. Most of their behavior most of the behavior exhibited by enemies, such as taking cover, retreating from the player, or throwing grenades, is scripted. Progression through the levels is linear, occasionally incorporating small platforming and puzzle-solving elements. The game's storyline is often advanced in-game by the player following Max's internal monologue as the character determines what his next steps should be, breaking between and sometimes within levels in order to deliver larger story beats via graphic novel-styled interludes. In addition to the standard game difficulty, Fugitive, uh, the game also features Hardboiled, which increases damage taken while limiting health and ammo supplies, Dead on Arrival, which limits the player to only seven saves per chapter, and New York Minute, which forces the player to complete each chapter with an allotted time. 
Upon completing the game on Dead on Arrival, the player unlocks the last challenge known as End Combat or Final Battle in other releases, which gives the player a select amount of painkillers, weapons, ammunition, and puts them in a firefight with perpetual bullet time against the killer suit hitmen seen during the later parts of the game's campaign. And as far as the plot goes, um, this is not going to be the entirety of the game. This is this is just enough to maybe whet your appetite <laughs> um, if you decide to pick up and start playing Max Payne. Uh, so the plot, the story is told in Medias Res. I don't know if I'm saying that properly. Mm-hmm. And consists of three volumes. And also what the Medias Res is, I looked at, it's like you come into the story already in progress, basically. Yeah. And then like parts of the story you know, that happened in the past are revealed as you're still carrying forward. Um, so it consists of three volumes, the American dream, a cold day in hell and a bit closer to heaven. The game begins in 2001 as New York city finishes experiencing the worst blizzard in its history. Max Payne voiced by James McCaffrey is seen standing at the top of a damaged skyscraper or skyscraper as police units arrive. He experiences a flashback to three years prior when he came home to find his wife, Michelle, uh, voiced by Haviland Morris, and their newborn daughter, Rose, murdered by armed junkies who were high on a new designer drug called Valkyr. After their funeral, a distraught Max left the NYPD and accepted an offer to join the DEA. So I learned something too about Medias Res is that is Google tells me that's Latin for in the midst of things. So. Oh, Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, is that Spanish? That, uh, you know, it's very, it could be, it sa- sounds very Spanish. Anyway, three years later, Max is employed as an undercover operative inside the Puncinello Mafia family, which controls the trafficking of Valkyr. His DEA colleague, BB uh, Adam Gruper, <laughs> in a subway station, uh, Max accidentally gets in a shootout with mobsters working for Puccinello underboss Jack Lupino, Jeff Gurner, yeah, um, who are staging a bank robbery through an abandoned part of the subway. He eventually runs into Alex, only to witness him being killed by an assassin. Max becomes the prime suspect in Alex's murder and is hunted by both the police and his former mob associates who now know he is a cop. So yeah, that is that is pretty much the way that the story unfolds. Yeah. And then there's a lot more. I mean, that that's that's still a decent way into the beginning of the game in which all of this is happening, but uh yes, much much more happens yeah. <laughs> in in media rests. You know? Yes. <laughs> so uh so personally, I I think that this is one of the like best examples of a ps2 like early ps2 game and i i mean that like so endearingly because sometimes like it you know these these games can just transport you back to that time you know because of like some of the limitations um as far as like how it plays i i think it it's very similar to like a grand theft auto with good gun mechanics like actually good shooting rather than like a clunky lock-on system uh yeah yeah, is, it, it does have good mechanics for that. Is there a lock-on system to the Xbox version? Not that I was aware of. Yeah, okay. 
Got it. So I there um, I played on mobile using my iPad, which sounds terrible, but it is pretty much a high res faithful recreation of the game. And I played with a controller. Yeah, actually, I so I did read about the mobile port. It is it is a port of the PC version. Okay. So you you actually got like in in the iOS and Android versions, you get the original PC version that says that it has high-res textures, but I saw one of the screenshots you sent me of one of the faces of the enemies, and I'm like, that looks worse than the Xbox, like the original Xbox version that I was trying to play. Yeah, it it, it totally, it's like high-res, but the original assets. So you kind of get like the best and worst of both worlds, right? So you can... For for better or for worse, you see what the original assets looked like, you know, blurry or not. <laughs> so yeah, well, I mean, I think that's interesting because I I did end up playing the backwards compatibility like original Xbox version on my Xbox One X, uh-huh. and that's also the original textures. But I feel like their faces didn't look quite as fuzzy, yeah, as as what I saw. Um, yeah, but anyway. That that could be just you know this was a console game first and those didn't necessarily port to PC so super well right so I I think actually I think the PC version released first it released first wow yeah because so the the July twenty third two thousand one uh-huh. where where we are right now uh-huh. um, I believe that was the original release date for the PC and then the console versions. Um, I think came within a few months of release of, of PC. I just couldn't get a clear set of dates when, um, when the console versions were released. Yeah, that Um, makes sense. So I am glad that I did kind of play the PC version more or less because I couldn't get it to run on. It definitely starts up on my PC, but it crashes and I had audio bugs and all sorts of stuff. So I'm sure that there's a community patch that fixes all these things, but I wasn't, dying to play yeah. it that just, way just want to just want to be able to play it and not yeah. have to fix it to play it <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true although it's still maintaining good reviews on steam so there must be an easy way to get it running but um yeah I, huh interesting something you'll notice when you fire up this game too is that like environmental interactivity is kind of the star of the show because you can almost interact with like if it looks like you can interact with it like whether it's a a closet door, a radio, uh, you can, uh, a faucet, you can turn it on. <laughs> like, or you yeah. can open it, you know? I, I didn't realize that at first because yeah. it doesn't do the thing that new games does where it highlights those things. Uh-huh. Um, so I got probably halfway through the game before I realized I could open cabinets. Oh, like, okay. It's not the medicine cabinet. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you <laughs> like wouldn't open expect. lockers and, and the stuff like that. I'm like, I... I did not realize that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think I, I did it on accident. It was like, oh crap. Have I just been not doing this all game? Yep. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's there wasn't always like probably like one in four cabinets or lockers, there would be something. But yeah. Um, you know, there's not like health was littered everywhere, even though I was, was playing on the uh, easiest difficulty. Yeah, I, um, I did as well. So I want to give you a chance to talk about like your impressions. Um Sure. Um, I uh, so I got the game when it was pretty new. Um, I got it for my Xbox. Um, I think it was one of the first games that I bought for my Xbox after like I rented Halo 
from Blockbuster, like when I originally brought my Xbox, you know, when I originally bought my Xbox. So I got to a certain point and I don't even know if I made it to the second chapter. I was stuck. I was stuck on an area that like, I was so frustrated by it and I could not figure out what to do. Yeah. So I just stopped playing it. And it's funny. I ended up when I was playing through it this time, I got to the same point and I immediately saw what I needed to do. Like, wow. It was. So the thing that I was stuck on is when you're in like the shipping yard. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> when you have yes. to shoot the thing that stops the trailer, like the little, the little thing, like the little triangular thing that There's prevents tire, the thing from rolling. You have to block. shoot that. Yeah. yeah. That never like, Never occurred to me in a million years the first time, well, not a million years, I guess 20 years, it didn't occur to me to do that. So getting up to it and thinking about the game through like, okay, it doesn't highlight things. It doesn't tell you what to do. You just have to think about what would probably make sense. Yeah. And then I looked over and I'm like, okay, I can't do this. I can't go anywhere. I can't whatever. And then I ran back and I looked and I'm like, well, I guess I could shoot that. Let's see what happens. And then it moves. And I'm like, damn it. That's what stopped me. Yeah, That's what stopped me 20 years ago <laughs> from completing this game was one stupid little wedge stopping a tire from rolling. There's even like a, a, a safety sign on the wall that says like use tire blocks in this area. Like that's like, I, you know what? I think that's, I think seeing... You're right. I think seeing that is what triggered like, oh, crap, I'm going to try that. Yeah. Like very light puzzle stuff here. But sometimes yes. they're not necessarily the most intuitive things that you would you could think of, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, uh, that I that was that was the big boss of the game for me was uh, getting past that point. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it, it was my first time actually then being able to beat the game. I mean, overall, like. I, I know that it's kind of cheesy, but I really enjoyed I really enjoyed the voice acting and the comic panels yeah. and the art and the the just like over the top nature yes. of this game. I thought it was really cool. And I also just loved the bullet time stuff. Like I didn't actually use it as much as I could and maybe should have. I did I did love the just like slow motion dive and like shooting three dudes with a shotgun and it's it it I start like I started watching it or not watching I started playing it and then before I'd beat the game um to prep for the new Matrix movie coming out um my partner and I are going to watch through all the Matrix movies so I was like partway through Max Payne we watched the Matrix and then I got to like a day or two later play through the actual scene of like the lobby scene, like the one that is ripping off from the me or ripping off um, yeah. in a very, I guess, paying, paying homage to um, from the matrix. So it was, it was so fun being able to like play that scene after just watching it and just like, yeah, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's, I had a similar, a couple similar spots of because I've played through this on mobile before, but it turns out I didn't actually remember it all that well. Like this was maybe a few years ago, three three years ago probably. Uh, what is time? Um, 
And I remember there were certain parts of the game that I remembered and it was those puzzle parts where I got stuck. So when I'd come up on that area, like with the trailer, I was like, oh no, why do I remember the spot? Like, I don't, I mean, this spot seems familiar to me. I don't remember the solution, but there is some, something tells me I spent a lot of time here and I had a similar one. I was just playing the last chapter this morning and there's like an, a, a sequence where basically uh, you, you have to throw a grenade or shoot these servers that are just, and they're, they're, they're basically just these computer structures that you've never seen before. And they're, illuminated by blue light oh yeah i was stuck there for a little while too it was like why am i dying i don't know what to do here because a lot of the levels are you know kind of maze-like and you have to go into these like rooms and there might be like eight doors in this room but only one of them is the exit (laughs) so sometimes you have to go you know up and down stairs you know, in unintuitive ways to find this door that opens. But when you get to a room like that, where nothing seems to work and all that does by, by throwing a grenade at those servers, which I had to look up on YouTube, all it does is make the elevator work again. (laughs) So it's like kind of unintuitive. Like this allows me to go back where I came. (laughs) So uh, anyway. Yeah. And actually in that scene with the helicopter, I thought I was supposed to just stand there and try to fight it for a little while. Me too. I didn't realize I needed to shoot out the top of the, uh, the elevator next to me and jump out over to it. I like, I tried to stand my ground and like shoot at the, shoot at that stupid helicopter for like a few lives before I'm like, Oh, maybe over here. Yeah, I've I've found that actually shooting the helicopter and doing some damage to it does make it go away <laughs> for a little while. Like, yeah, but it doesn't you know give you a path forward. So yeah, but but yeah, I I mean I took a bunch of video recordings and screenshots of different things here, which you know I wish I would have thought out to share with you at, at some point. But some some of the lines that are are written are just sort of like ridiculous, but. Um, I will, what I'm going to do is I'm going to find one of these screenshots and just read off one of the like character model, like sequences, (laughs) basically one of the the things that just so you get an idea about how this game is written, because it's like really over the top kind of this sort of like noir, very pessimistic. You could even say maybe, dare I say emo (laughs) about how it's written, you know? Um, yeah, well, while you're looking for that, um, I like, if you take this game at face value, I just think it's weird that you're, you're a a cop. I mean, actually, I guess a federal agent and you just kill hundreds of people. Well, maybe not hundreds, Mm -hmm. but uh, maybe up to a couple hundred, but like you just shoot people on site. It's like you walk into a room and you just murder everybody just because you're in a building that is, I guess, abandoned or known to have like quote unquote bad people in it. That's the only thing that like kind of struck me weird is like, you're just going everywhere and blasting everybody away. And there's also no, there's no consequence to you just like shooting whatever Valkyr junkies you come across. 
And sometimes that's the safer thing to do is just mm-hmm. kill them so that they don't pull a gun on you. So I don't know that that I found to be uh, a little weird. <laughs> yeah, there's OK. There's this uh, monologue here. <laughs> OK, th- some of these things are just kind of silly, but uh this is sort of after Max Payne is waking up after being exposed to the Valkyr drug. Um, oh yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> yes. Uh, so Max Payne says, and of course in his grisly sort of voice here, the bad trip had put me in a crazy mood, adrenaline pumping through my aching veins, staggering on the mill roof in ice and snow and wild wind. I was a ninja. My Kung Fu was strong. I wasn't <laughs> kidding anybody. At best, I was Superman on kryptonite about to fall through the skylight down to where it was all going down. (laughs) So that I thought that was just like a great, like how this thing is written and um, you know, the him describing the snow and the weather, the the snow pierced the sky like bullets and it was just really hilarious how it's, how it's all, I don't know. I, I, I think it's a little over the top, but I know that when I was a kid, I thought it was pretty darn cool. <laughs> yeah, I really, I really enjoy that. I think my cat is trying to lick my coffee mug. Uh-huh. Hey, get out of here, dude. <laughs> Go on. Come on, man. Share your coffee. That's not cool. <sighs> she loves coffee. I don't get it. Um, all right. Well, let's see. Uh, let's, are, are you ready to get into, I guess, some of the, the different uh pieces of the game like what did you think about the music the the music i i found like the menu music of course because i have to save like a hundred thousand times to get through this game because if you don't save it's going to automatically revert you to your last save and yeah you know through the environments of this game you know a lot of the gameplay is kind of samey and bland and it, it feels extra painful when you have to do things you've already done so uh so yeah i i heard that music that sort of like you know like sad piano music sandy sad sad piano music um you know a lot so that that one kind of wore on me but in particular that last chapter had some really cool sort of like matrixy sort of music it you know it kind of um uh, I wish I had it pulled up, but it reminded me of Goldeneye and on some of it, you know, okay. just like some of the effects, like, you know, like that, like, or, or that's a, that's a bad, like, like, you know, like kind of, oh know, yeah, kind of weird sound effects that they were sort of using during this time. But, um, yeah, stuff like that. Uh, so it's, it's, I, I thought it, that was really good. Yeah. I mean, that's golden eyes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the best soundtrack ever, basically, in a video game. But uh, I think that this one probably sometime, man. Sorry. Yeah, yeah we got, we do, we definitely do. Um, that I think it does an average to commendable job. I, I guess we'll say on music, nothing particularly memorable, nothing I'd want to listen to outside of this game but yeah I, I i feel like the music was very appropriate for the game and like was uh was appropriate for the tone that it was going for um but yeah nothing nothing that's like i'm gonna pull up this soundtrack and i'm gonna go listen to it again right now because 
whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so. It, it, I mean, it definitely fits the atmosphere. I think what a lot of what Max Payne does, and I don't know if that's a great segue at this point, yeah. <laughs> but uh, the the atmosphere, it, everything is very consistent with with the whole, you know, the the tone that they, the, you know, the drawings of the photos that they edited for uh, the, the dialogue, the music, it all fits very well. Um, even the lighting and, and, yeah. and uh, we'll say weather effects that are at play, you know, yeah. all, all look think, pretty good. Yeah. I think it all, it all, it all comes together in a nice cohesive package for everything that it's trying to do. I feel like it's, it did well for what it set out to do. Yes. Um, and as far as the, the atmosphere, like you brought up. Um, so in, in this wiki under the style area saying Max Payne contains elements of Norse mythology and Hong Kong action cinema. I would definitely agree um, with that. And I love that also in this like John Wu homage, uh, it's in Max Payne. There are many homages and references to John Woo. For example, the gray suit and tie Maxine is wearing uh, at the beginning of the game, as well as the dual guns and jumping and shooting in slow motion. One of the game's difficulty levels is named Hard Boiled, which is the same as a Woo, John Woo film. Uh, and Jan, John Woo's name is mentioned as a password for entering into a gangster hideout. Also, a quote from the main character when he is ambushed is, "I may, I may like Chow Young Fat." Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that that seemed like a really weird thing to be in the game, um, but I I thought that that was uh, cool. I that's that's really cool. Now that I know, I'm like I I did notice there was some uh, some dialogue between late in the game that was talking about like best movie endings and some of the movies that were mentioned were like Seven and Brad Pitt and <laughs> sort of yeah. It's sort of a funny the the mobsters, you know, they they don't have much character because they all look the same, but sometimes they have some funny dialogues. They're all such stereotypes. Yes. Also, like it is it like they are complete like mob like New York City mobster. Yeah, I'm walking over here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like that like the, those like types of voices. Yes. It was like, I was cracking up when some of the characters were talking because like some of that, it'd be like serious stuff, but it's like, yeah, 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 but, yeah kind of a voice. And I'm like, yes. you're going to die now, Max Payne. Yeah. Um. So anyway. Yeah, they're, yeah. I, I think all the characters, they had a very similar dying, like, ah, like uh. they would, <laughs> there was the same thing throughout the, pretty much the whole game. Uh, that's what they sounded like when they died. Uh, although it, you do get some brief, sometimes little cinematics when you do shoot them, speaking of character deaths too. So like where the camera yeah. slows down, does a 360 pan, you know, on the characters. Yeah. So Yeah. Oh, that or like uh, certain shots, it'll follow the bullet. Yes. Going towards it. Like I thought, I don't know, I, th- I think all of, all of the stuff like that were like nice touches to the mm-hmm. game that just made it so much fun. I don't know. Like, I know that that uh, there were complaints about how samey some of the levels felt or, like, how linear it was. But I don't know. I just, I ate it up. I thought it was great. I'm like, yes, shove me down this corridor. Make it so that I can't get lost. And just, like, 
have me walk through and blast everything away. I know that I was just kind of criticizing it going like, it's weird that you just walk in and blast everything away at the same time. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I do, you know, since we're, I guess, talking about the atmosphere as well, I, man, I, <laughs> the TV shows, um, that, Oh yeah. <laughs> Those are so funny. Like, um, what, what was it called? Like, like um, dear, my Lord. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> My lord, my lady, my lord, <laughs> my lady. It was like they would go these little dialogues of just them talking about, you know, basically kind of nonsense, but it was oddly detailed and had a long audio track to it. Yeah, it felt cool. it felt very like Rockstar in that yeah. regard. Yes. Like it seems like the stuff that Rockstar does in like all the GTA games and like Man, I can't remember. I can't remember some of the shows in GTA Five, but there's a lot, and they're ridiculous. There, there are a lot. I, it's like one of my favorite pastimes is just watching TV in yeah. in GTA games, especially like even GTA Four, like Republican Space Marines. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like it's so good, um, and, and just like on, just honestly entertaining, and just I would just want to hear all the jokes that they have. But there, these ones are just like strange and weird, and. Yeah. Like, I don't know if some of these people from Remedy went to go work on with Rockstar or something, if that's how this happened, because, you know, Rockstar didn't only publish this game. They didn't make it. But I think yeah. that was a great thing that they carried over. Uh, there was one involving a flamingo that was <laughs> talking about, like, the flamingo turned to me. It was strange, but the flamingo could understand. And it was like... <laughs> talking about nonsense about this flamingo like what is it it's basically i guess designed to be awkward that it's enough you can get the gist of it just by passing by but just like also it sounds like this has to be just awkward timing that i've (laughs) that i'm listening to right now (laughs) like coming in mid-conversation basically uh wait medias res res. yeah in the midst of things (laughs) yes all right let's see what about uh the the levels and chapters in the game here um as as was mentioned before it's in three different parts which are the american dream a cold day in hell and a bit closer to heaven Mm -hmm. um did did you have a favorite of any of these chapters um or to go any further any in particular levels that stood out yeah, that's that's a a lot of them feel kind of samey in different ways. Um, like each sort of share elements from the other. Though the kind of the last chapter where you're just sort of like in this like high tech sort of building, similar to the Matrix, I thought that was one of the stronger ones. Yeah, that was really cool. Uh, I also really kind of like the shipping docks because it was a weird, odd tangent. Like Max Payne just made a deal with this guy, was his name Boris or something, that he wants to go jump on this crew, this uh, freighter ship. And is that uh, is that the guy who drove the car that had the license plate that just was vodka? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the one. Um, so he turns out to be like kind of one of those unlikely, also a sort of criminal that just unlikely ally, I guess that you just Max Payne made a friend along the way. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, he, he had infiltrated the mob Yeah, and uh, I think, I think that was an opposing guy, but he was going to help you deal with Puccinello. I think. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so that was, it, even though it was sort of meaningless, like, Oh, you'll get these new guns, but it's just like, 
I think it, in, in the next chapter, you lose all your weapons and have to collect you. It's like so much for getting all the guns to. Yeah. I think you get everything back fairly quickly, but sure. yeah, I was, I was bummed when I lost everything. I'm like, wait, no, where's my, where's my arsenal? Yeah. Played with your, um, so I guess I kind of like the shipping yard, even though I was really annoyed with the trailer puzzle. And there's another yeah. one that involves the container movers that you have to like, it's, it wasn't hard. It was relatively oh, yeah. painless, but you had to like, your path is blocked. So you have to find an alternate path and you can only tell the thing to move in one direction at a time. And Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. I almost forgot about that. Uh, that particular section. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? What did, what did you like? Um, so I liked the Ragnarok one uh-huh. in the, uh, in the first part of the game, like going into that club and kind of going behind the curtain and being up in the, the rafters, I guess. Yes. Um, like that was fun. I don't know. I, even though like it's, it's super early game, I really did enjoy all the stuff like in the subway system uh-huh. and like, and then, you know, that, that whole end sequence was, was definitely fun. Like that getting like really that, that iconic scene of like getting into the lobby and setting off the metal detector and just kind of fighting your way through there. And then, and then even like once I figured out what to do in like in the section that we talked about previously, where we needed to blow up the computers so that you could get back into the elevator, like fighting in that area was also really cool. I don't know. I, I, I guess not specific to the, the levels, but I'm, I guess maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. So never mind. Yeah. I think, I think those, those are the ones that stand out the most, but, um, yeah, the shipping yard stuff, like, I think I just had, I had bad memories of it because of being stuck there previously, mm-hmm. um, when really it's, it's not that bad in the end, but yeah, I guess th- those are all the ones that really like, st- well, and actually I'm thinking now when I, when you're working your way through this, uh, parking garage mm-hmm. and you're like going down and out and like each floor of it, you kind of get a new wave of enemies, um, at that point of the game, like you've already got, you've already got a feel for things. You've already got your full arsenal of weapons. I had a lot of fun in that section. Yeah. Yeah. I think which the, the sort of hotel that you have to go through the, like the abandoned hotel early in the game and the subway system, those are the most iconic to me when it comes to Max Payne. Cause I remember playing on PS2 and this was before we had a memory card. So we'd like really couldn't save our progress in any way. So that sucks. Yeah. That's what we played a lot. So we used, I believe we used cheat codes to actually see more of the game, you know, just as a way as like a password system to continue. Um, so I, the, the end sequence is sort of memorable to me, but everything in between is sort of like a, I had no, basically no memory of, but when I think of Max Payne, I think of that subway scene and sort of this hotel this a derelict abandoned hotel that's used for like sex workers (laughs) and you know oh that reminds me that you get to like you can walk up to the beds and press your interact button and then they start vibrating and moving across the floor (laughs) yeah and then they they got that like funky music like (laughs) like (laughs) it weird kind of odd music and then of course the dear my lord tv shows on the (laughs) <laughs> uh well still while we're on the levels here um yeah, sure. i was just reminded did you like the 
I guess, psychotic break and or flashback type uh-huh. ones where you yeah. are kind of like following this like blood trail on a really uh, thin walkway. That's my, of course, my least favorite part of this game. And actually when you picked this game, I was like, God damn it, I got to do those levels again. <laughs> yeah. And the the thing is the first one actually wasn't that bad. Although, because it happens at two points in the game. I, I guess there's two points where Max Payne passes out and this yeah. sort of dream happens. But there, it, the first one is a maze, which I actually managed to get all the way basically to the end and then get turned around and ran all the way back to the beginning. So I spent like 15 minutes literally going in a circle. Yeah. Uh, but once, because of like the moon physics that you have while you're on that sort of thin trail of blood, uh, you can skip a large part of it. Like you could just like it jump. Was so much easier jumping than yes. it was to try to walk on it. Yeah. And the second time that that happened, that the walkway has to be thinner because I kept falling and I had to save like every, every time yeah. I landed, basically yes. I had to save again. Like, okay, I'm on safe ground to go for another jump. Um, yeah. That I'd say the, the second time that you experience that sequence. Yeah is the only part of the game that I like truly don't like. Yeah. All the rest of the game I enjoyed. That yeah. section there was irritating. It was it was irritating. It felt like padding and there was yeah. just this weird like I think that's the low point in the voice acting because you hear Max Payne's wife just say, "No, Max, no, I'm sorry." And all <laughs> just over and over again and i'm like oh no. yeah in that it's first just... one it's just like the crying baby yeah exactly and it's like you're just you're just hearing yeah it, it's terrible it, yeah it, it's it's bad uh, of course, yeah bad the, that i guess yeah if i if i could change anything about this game it's like i would remove those as playable sequences yes and replace them with comic panels and voice acting yeah, I like I, something along those lines. It agreed. I think it does add to sort of like the what Remedy was going for that this is like a psychological, like incredibly grounded, but also like crazy things happen in Max Payne. Yeah. So anything else on levels? I think I'm good. Yeah. I think so. Oh, my favorite. I wanted to talk about weapons. I have I have opinions about almost most of these weapons, I guess. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing about it. <laughs> so we can go through the weapons here. If if my page would cooperate here, I'm having a hard time. Um, I can read them off real quick if you want. Great. Um, so the weapons that are available in the game um, in no particular order are a lead pipe, a baseball bat, a Beretta, which you can also dual wield, and a desert eagle, which, oh, it says it's possible to dual wield, but only in uh, Max Payne 2 and 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, pump action shotgun, sawed off shotgun, the jackhammer, which is not actually a jackhammer, um, <laughs> just so you, so that you folks are aware. Uh, the Ingram, which is uh, like a SMG, like an Uzi. Uh, you can also dual wield those. There is the Colt Commando, which looks like an M16, a sniper rifle, grenades, Molotov cocktails and an M79 grenade launcher. And of course, like I didn't test the differences between like the lead pipe and the baseball bat. I think they were just like Same. serve their, their purpose at the time. And once I, you have I a think gun, I used it once when I was forced to, and that's yeah. it. 
it, it's kind of like you know in a shooting game your melee options are like okay you are out of ammo we are going to give you a way to proceed but <laughs> yeah that, that's really seems like their only purpose um, yeah and oh god we forgot to talk about baseball bat boy in the atmosphere also oh yeah strip. oh that was it was just a, i thought the voice acting was really good and the little comic strips were really good and i thought it was hilarious that baseball bat boy is like this childhood superhero and his nemesis is like bike helmet girl because she has a helmet that is resistant to his baseball bat, which sounds terrible, but it was it's kinda... so weird too, because it looks like it's supposed to be a kid's thing and he murders people with bats. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh so you know, shout outs to baseball bat boy. <laughs> so the okay. I'm a, before I rattle off, I I'd say that my favorite is the Beretta. I'm just going to say that, that it's specifically dual wield. It seems okay. like the most balanced weapon because between like fire, firepower and also rate of fire. Okay. Uh, I think probably desert Eagle would be a close second, but of course the jackhammer is amazing because it's like a high powered shotgun <laughs> and can kill multiple enemies, you know, uh, so I found that I had like 150 rounds of that at the end of the game. So that's what I used for like the last, you know, couple segments of the game. Gotcha. Uh, what about, what about you? What favorites? Not um, so good. Yeah. So my favorites in the game. So I, I did enjoy the dual wielding the Berettas. It feels like the most iconic max pain thing to do, Yeah. but I really enjoyed using the Ingram. And the Colt Commando. I, I used the pump action shotgun quite a bit too and realized like, I don't know, I used the Desert Eagle like once or twice, but I was like, this isn't worth it for like the the lack of rate of fire Yes, <laughs> I can get. So usually with the Ingram, even though you can dual wield, I usually only like used one of them. Um, so inaccurate too. <laughs> well, you you burn through your ammo so quickly if you dual wield it. Yeah, and only um, two or three of the bullets are actually going to hit the enemy. The rest are going to scatter all over the place. <laughs> so, well, it it seemed to do fairly well for me, but yeah. I got to say the Colt Commando that was the one where it's like like two or three shots and like boom, they're down, they're dead. Like I'm I'm barely having to use any ammo, uh-huh. and I'm just taking them down super quick. There, there was a time where I didn't realize I had the grenade launcher and I switched to it and I shot somebody that was like five feet away from me. And of course, like killed myself in the process. But there, there were a few times that I pulled out that grenade launcher and a few times that I used grenades where like in some of the scripted sequences that it was talking about before where like I'm going up or down a set of stairs that like spiraling kind of staircase we're um, like, okay, well, I just died to those guys, so I know they're there. So I'm just gonna throw a grenade down there mm-hmm. and take care of like all three of them waiting for me down at the bottom of the landing. Yeah, I, I was afraid, always afraid to use um, grenades or the grenade launcher, uh, just because of fear of it ricocheting and yeah, you know. and blowing you up. Yeah, so, but it, it actually wasn't that bad, and and I honestly think it's the safest option when you're dealing with those trip mines that are. Oh know, the, yeah. That's right. Oh, I forgot about those. Yeah. (laughs) I definitely, I definitely used uh, grenades most of the time for those. Uh, But if, if I was able to get a clear shot, then I would use like the Colt commando 
to get one of those or, you know, just take out one of the Berettas. Yeah. And speaking of the trip mines, I don't know if we're stepping on the toes of enemies, but uh, no trip mines are, they're so funny. There, there are some sequences like you're, when you're in that sort of like uh facility, like bomb siloed, I don't know. I don't know what to call it. It's basically facility from GoldenEye, but uh, <laughs> you're, you're trying to get to like where the answers of where the Valkyr came from. And on one of the shelves, like one of the trip mines goes up and down, like teeter totters up and down. And I took a closer look of it. I took a recording if you want to see this like later, <laughs> but it's just like, I'm like, huh, I wonder how they made it dip up and down. And literally this trip mine is just attached to a box that happens to teeter forward and back on the shelf. <laughs> like oh. it, it feels like it feels like when you when when you're playing like a game builder and they have these invisible objects that you know just sort of like make things move that have like w- animations tied to mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Except for the object isn't invisible. You can see it. It's just a box. Like like and not a box with any detail. It's just a a like I don't know, a, an object. <laughs> you know, like a a brown textured object. <laughs> so, I thought that was really funny. But I, you could shoot them, but they're not always visible without getting tripped. So that's why the grenade, the proximity of the explosion will sort of take care of it. And I feel like that's sort of the intended way to deal with some of those trip lines. Yeah, I just huck, huck grenades in there. It'll sort yeah. everything out. <laughs> yeah, and the Molotov cocktail actually is really uh, handy uh, for, I, I don't know, for basically dealing with with enemies like they pretty much die instantly when caught on fire i don't think i used a molotov cocktail once they are criminally scarce as far as ammo goes i think i i probably collected five the entire game (laughs) like uh sniper rifle also that's that's the one that consistently if you aim with your scope it will uh follow the bullet as it oh yeah enemy uh, although if you got tired of that effect you could not use the scope and it will just work like a normal gun (laughs) so yeah, I, I didn't use it that often. Yeah. Like, I feel like there were two places that I felt like it was critical for me to use it. Yeah. But that's that's it. Like, the game introduces it to you Yeah, to they, use it. And then, like, in the very end, like, at the top of that skyscraper was the only other time that I used it. Oh, yeah. Well, there was also a sequence at the beginning of that skyscraper where they had grenade launchers and the enemies are incredibly far away. Oh, you know what? I Okay, so I used it three times then. Okay. I, used, yeah. <laughs> I used it for that too. Because every other gun from range it just seemed incredibly inaccurate. So, um, but yeah, that was, that was a funny thing. Yeah, I think I took out some of them with the Colt Commando, but then the ones that were even further, I was like, screw this. I'm going to stand out of range of their grenade launchers and I'm going to... I'm going to shoot him with my sniper rifle. Should we take this time to talk about bullet time? Yeah, why not? So this was a pretty novel concept at the time. And I think, you know, it was inspired by the Matrix. But this is the first game, but there would be many games to follow that would incorporate this mechanic. Yeah. Such as like one that I can think of, we called like a Max Payne clone, which was Dead to Rights, which is a third person shooter also that incorporates... uh, bullet time i never played that game but i always thought it looked cool so they're definitely uh yeah it was a cool game i remember at the time at least i would love to play it now and see like but it was it was basically the max Payne clone that was better than max Payne. (laughs) 
<laughs> in a way. Well, and it, it didn't also have GTA type elements too, where you could like drive a car and stuff. I don't remember driving. Thinking a car? A different... I'm thinking. I'm thinking of Gears of War. Basically, that's what the gameplay is like. Except, oh, okay. You could pick up the big thing is you could pick up um, propane tanks and hurl them at enemies and shoot them. That was like oh, with nice. bullet time, which was really cool. Uh, anyway, not talking about dead to rights. Bullet time. I okay. For the sake of going faster and getting comfortable with the controls, I tr- basically limited my usage of bullet time because it yeah. was really cool. But at the same time, it didn't make you any less vulnerable to enemies. It's not like you were moving faster and the environment was moving slower. Everything slows down. So it improves your aiming, but the enemy has basically a few seconds to also shoot you <laughs> while you're flying through the air. So, but you said you really enjoyed it. Yeah. The bullet time. I like, I thought that was, I don't know. It, it's, it's a nice effect and I don't know. It just felt cool. Like, like I know that there's enemies in here. I'm going to leap into this room and like have two guns out in front of me already like firing where it's going to start to auto aim me to. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And then just like, I don't know, just diving in, shooting them down, like dust yourself off, get up, they're dead. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it did feel good because it allowed you to like kind of plan out your attack a, a little bit and give you a little bit extra time to like execute the maneuver. Yeah. But you could also dive and shoot at any time without bullet time, which I appreciated that also. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, Max Payne has some platforming elements. He jumps around also. So, but yeah, I thought, I thought it was cool and it felt like you were sort of in a movie because that's like sort of the things that would happen in a movie. Right. (laughs) So, yeah, definitely. And, um, I guess, you know, while we're still on weapons and items and, and whatnot, now in the difficulty that I played on, which I think was the same as you easy. I feel like the amount of painkillers that you get is incredibly fair. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so too. I mean, it does sort of make up for a sort of poor checkpoint system. Like your, your auto save, I think every time you unlock a chapter, it saves for you just so you don't have to like, you're not thrown back to the previous chapter, you know, whenever yeah. the last time you saved was. But yeah, they, I think the painkillers were... Um, you know, also pretty powerful too. Every one that you use is a full heal. So you sort of have to like weigh, okay, do Wait, I want to full heal pretty much? Yeah. I think whenever I used a painkiller, it would basically, if it would take a little while, but your health would like your health bar would drain back to hundred percent. That was not my experience. I see. Well, yeah. Well, huh. I mean, it, it seemed like there was a small immediate effect and then it would drain pretty much all the way. Um, uh, yeah. Interesting. I, I think that if you are damaged again, it will interrupt that effect. So maybe that's a possibility, but they could have also just made it easier in the version that I was playing. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, I was often like capped. They will only let you carry eight. Yeah. And so I was, I was definitely like every time I would find more, it would beyond my cap so i would actually just consume some so i could take another (laughs) with me so but yeah i thought that was always just hilarious to me painkillers they kill max pain so (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm trying to think. Uh, I guess actually there were a few times that you had to like pick up a key mm. so that you could do something. Yes, that's true. Or and uh, that wasn't a, always obvious. Yeah. Pick up a key or find, I was stuck in the facility level with, with about a code. You have to get a code and then go to back to a different point in the game and enter the code. <laughs> oh, yeah. But and getting the code is just like interacting with something. Right. Yeah. You don't even have to enter it. Yeah. <laughs> Thought it was silly. Like, um, yeah. You need to go and interact with something to learn what the code is and then go interact with the thing so that it just does it for you. Yeah. Now, the, the thing that I linked in here for enemies, I think, yes. is an overarching thing of all of the Max Payne, like, critical people in the stories in which you kill. Yeah, so it is. It is not necessarily suited for this game. I didn't realize it uh, when I linked it at the time. But yeah, like you know, most most of the enemies are pretty much the same. There's no there's there's not a ton of variation in the enemies that you're fighting in the game. Um, they're all you know cartoon mobsters. Yeah, uh, basically, and they're a little disappointing because they, each of them have sort of a boss fight but they more or less act like just any other enemies. They take maybe a couple more hits. <laughs> yeah. So that's about it. If, you know, if a normal uh, guy would die in two shots, they die in like five. <laughs> so a, a little bit, I thought that was a little um, interesting. So, you know, the first half of the game, you're kind of, and maybe three quarters of the game, you're, you're chasing down Italian mob bosses. <laughs> and then, yeah, uh, towards the end, you're sort of fighting another entity, shadow entity, which kind of reminded me a little bit more of like control uh, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good call out, actually. Yeah, and having not played control. So there's my... Um, oh, well, it's good. <laughs> yeah, I will. I haven't I will. beat it, but it's good. I, I think I want to finish Max Payne for, first. So, uh, and we, we were just talking about, this is the thing I've... I beat the original Max Payne with the intention of playing Max Payne 2 right afterwards, but I don't have a version that runs. I own it on Steam. It will not run on my PC. So uh, they did not port Max Payne 2 to mobile either, as far as I'm aware. Uh, so that's another thing. Yeah, and I'm I'm thinking about potentially picking it up. Um, via Xbox backwards compatibility, just also for the the continuity for the version that I just played. But I did back in the day buy this uh, for the PC when it released because mm -hmm. um, I had a decent PC at the time. But also something happened where I stopped playing and I didn't continue the story. I can't remember if it was because of like actual issues with the game running and crashing or if it was just because, uh, I don't know, some other reason. Yeah. So it, it I you know at at risk of sounding like I'm sort of wrapping up discussion here but that's that's the thing that sort of bothers me is that this game is like okay there's something about this game it's good it's got flaws but I would really want to see what the sequel provides like how they actually because if if they could like fix a couple things this game would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I I had like I I figured I would enjoy this game, but yeah. I probably enjoyed it way more than maybe I should have. Because <laughs> I don't know. I like I completely had a blast uh, playing through this game, 
and really enjoyed with the exception of those weird levels that we had already <laughs> talked about. Yeah. Um, with the exception of those, like, I feel like, I don't know, flaws and all, I really love this game and I really am looking forward to seeing what goes on in Max Payne 2. And I feel like that's something that I actually might start playing um, in the very near future because of how much I enjoyed this playthrough of this game. And I wanted, it's funny, it's kind of topical because we were talking about Bioshock 2. Mm -hmm. Like I own Bioshock 1 and 2 for, I, I don't know, it was probably like games with gold or sales or something that I had it on, I had them both on my Xbox 360 because I did not have a PC when those games released. And I finished playing through the first Bioshock and then immediately started playing two and was like, nope, this doesn't feel right. Where I actually feel like if, you know, I did the same thing like back to back, like roll credits and then would have started Max Payne 2. I feel like it probably would have felt a lot better and more appropriate than the like that switch that I had <clears throat> trying to go into Bioshock 2 directly after Bioshock. Yeah, I, I suppose so. Um, we'll have to just play and find out. I yeah, I might own a copy that was given to me either on PlayStation 2 or or uh for the Xbox. But uh if not, I'm I I think I'd be okay with buying it because when you said that we were going to be doing this game, again, I, I was kind of disappointed because I'm like, darn, I have to slog through those darn dream sequence levels again. I hate those. <laughs> but also after playing it again, I was like, hey, this is this is a lot better than I remembered. Yeah. For some reason. And yeah, I, I mean, I really do think it holds up very well. Um, yeah. Overall. Yeah. Shooting feels good. And yeah. And I think that's, I think that's what makes it is the, like the gameplay is really fun, mm -hmm. weird story. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, I guess the story itself isn't weird, but it's like, you know, very, very cliched story, but I don't know, just shooting, shooting bad guys in bullet time is great. You could almost suggest that Max Payne just goes around killing people until he kills until he's satisfied, which is kind of how the yeah. game goes. Like, like, oh, I am I have interacted with this person. I'm going to kill them. And then yeah. oh, they are associated with this other person. I'm gonna kill him and all his friends. <laughs> yes. Then, you are all guilty by association. Yes. Oh is is I, basically Max Payne. Oh, I shouldn't have been killing these guys. Oh well, I'll go kill these people now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like no, no remorse, just murder a bunch of people. It's like, damn it, this one person very far removed influenced how my wife and daughter were killed. Let me kill everyone between the actual people that did it all the way to the top. They're yeah. all going to die. <laughs> it's just kind of awesome in a way. It almost kind of feels like a... Um, John Wick sort of situation, but yeah, yeah. Again, have not seen the John Wick movies, but I imagine <gasps> that's what it's like. What? So, yeah. <laughs> oh, come on, man! Got to see John Wick. They're so good. Yeah, I'll work on it. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. I've got a list. So, yeah, man, the John Wick movies are great. I'm gonna watch some movies with my time off for sure. So, do it. Watch yeah. all three John Wicks. 
maybe play some games, but um, well, yeah, play some games. Do both. <laughs> do both. Do all the things. The let's see secrets. I don't. I don't think. think were, oh, I mean, so I don't think there's that many, but I did find at least one. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, there's like a little ledge, like, or you can you can break into an area when you're in this like abandoned building. You can uh-huh. break into an area, walk out on the ledge, ha- like walk the ledge over to another like boarded up room that you need to, that you can break into. There's some painkillers, there's some ammo, okay. but then you can't go anywhere from there and you need to backtrack and go back inside. That is the only place that like significantly stands out to me is like, this is a secret area. Even though yeah. I might've come across other like quote unquote secret areas, they just didn't feel as secret and out of the way as this particular one. Yeah, um, I, I, I agree. But did you find that same place? Um, I didn't find that same one. I, I feel like I did come across another, what I, I think would be like questionably like secret is just like kind of going out of the way, but I can't, I can't think of it right now. But I, I know there's some some areas that are like kind of IMO drops. There's one right next to, which is sort of an optional area, which there aren't many as we kind of, um, but where you shoot the tire block, there's a lock I believe you can shoot off um, that, or I can't remember if after you destroy the trailer, if you can circle around and get back to this locked area where there's some ammo and painkillers also, but it's like literally if you're oh, looking at the block, there's a cage. I know. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. And then thinking about it, I don't know. I can't remember if I went back to that area, but I saw it and I'm like, yes. how do you get in there? Yeah. I can't remember if I shot a lock off or if some sort of event allowed me to go back there after proceeding forward. I can't, I can't remember. Yeah, so not not a ton of secrets, but uh, there's you know little little coves where uh, weapons and ammo and painkillers are kind of stashed. Yeah, I think if there were collectibles or something in this game, I would definitely not do them because it would just be like those are impeding my progress forward. I'm going to keep going, but yeah, um, they, they they could have easily done that. Well, you got anything else all. to say about Max Payne? I think that's it. I think that's all I got. Yeah, I think me too. Well, I definitely recommend it. I think uh, if you're listening to this and haven't played this in a long time or have never played it, I think it's worth checking out. Overall, it holds up. Maybe maybe watch uh, a YouTube video on how to get through those weird platforming blood on the ground sequences. Yeah, um, I didn't do it for the first one, but I did it for the second part where I just I kept like it. It there's too many branching paths. Yeah. That I was like, I don't want to waste my time. And I think <laughs> I'm if just you, gonna pull up a, a walkthrough on that part. And there is um there's one area where there's like a ton of explosions, and after you die a couple times, it gives you an option to skip the level. Uh so there there's some there's something like I'm sorry, it's not explosions. I think it's when you're going into one of the houses and it's like catching fire. And oh yes. So once once I died, oh, it gives you an option to skip. It gave me like I, I think it said if you go back to the menu, you can go to the chapter select, and it'll allow you to uh, skip forward. So I imagine that there's something similar with with those sequences also. Uh, huh? Yeah, I don't know. The mobile I, I version. Died, I died a 
ton of times in yeah. that in that fire in the restaurant thing yes, you're talking the about. Restaurant, that's right. Um, I died a bunch of times there, and I died a bunch of times in that second platforming blood on the ground section in the like flashback or whatever it is the yeah. the drug induced thing that you're dealing with. Yep. I did not get anything like that. So I wonder if that's something that's uh, specific to the mobile release. Yeah, there was a cheats menu unlocked by default that allowed me to chapter select. So I don't know if it's because I beat oh. the game before. I didn't think my save carried over, but anyway. Interesting. Yeah, there's a there's a level select. But yeah, there's even one sequence there where you come around a corner and there's like a explosive... Um, cylinder or something that's flying at you oh and yeah basically what you have to do is like run backwards so it's like if you round that corner and you didn't know you are going to die it kills you immediately but if oh yeah <laughs> you have to you have to fake it out you have to be like, oh, oh miss me like <laughs> yeah there's a couple of sections where there's like an explosive cylinder flying at you yes yeah but yeah that's that's all i got i think okay well me too so Shall we head back to the future? Let's do it. All right, let's get in that time machine. And we have arrived back to present day, which again is the past for you, listener. Uh, December the 18th, 2021. And uh, we had a great time, or at least I had a great time talking about Max Payne. What about you? Yeah, yeah no, that's that was um, a lot more fun than I remember it. And I was excited about that one. Well, why don't we talk about uh, the games that we have been playing? And I've had a lot of time on my hands lately, <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna run through some stuff. Some of it's new, some of it's not. Yeah. But I played one session of Sea of Thieves with a friend of mine who has never played the game before, so I kind of showed him the ropes, and uh, we had a nice time. I think it was probably two weeks ago today that we did that. Also. About two weeks ago, played some Splatoon 2 um, on a Friday night stream. I was actually, I was watching uh, G to the next level. Um, somebody who's a big like Sega streamer and like really into the Genesis. Um, but he was playing some Splatoon 2. So I partied up with him and uh, had a great time doing that. Um, have also been playing some of the Animal Crossing New Horizons DLC and been uh, decorating vacation homes for new folks coming to this vacation island it's been pretty relaxing and and fun um playing through some of that content also played some of the game on game pass unpacking it's also a very kind of like relaxing and mindful game actually i started or playing the animal crossing new horizons dlc right after i played unpacking for the first time i'm like oh these are kind of similar <laughs> Uh, in that regard because you're just taking items and decorating a room essentially and then we got to play some snow runner yeah we did that was um so i played both solo and multiplayer with you but i think same i did some solo and multiplayer as well so coming from mud runner i think that snow runner you know kind of has like has sort of an evil to it and the evil is that uh, any progress you made can only be uh, progress in one player's game. So kind of what you, it's doing is that it's just like playing single player, except for the host is inviting other players to bring a truck with them. And 
complete tasks, basically the, the host player's tasks. So, you know, if I've already done all these tasks, if I go to your game, they're, they're going to be incomplete if, if you hadn't Correct. done those tasks. So you do think, get money. Yeah. So I think that maybe there is, you know, you could do some trade-offs with some friend, like, okay, I'm going to host this time, but next time you should host so that we can get some of your stuff done and progress you through the single player campaign and get the contracts done. And there's a lot of contracts. There's a, there's no shortage of stuff to do. (laughs) No, it, it, it actually, when I was playing by myself felt somewhat overwhelming. Yes. How much there is to do when you like the game doesn't explain hardly anything to you. Yeah. It just kind of throws you in and I I had a lot of fun playing the multiplayer session, but because of the way that multiplayer is structured, I likely will not do a whole lot in a single player campaign for myself. Like I probably will not press forward because we spent however many hours uh, in front of the show's Striddle Cakes game Uh and progressing stuff for him. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to redo all of that stuff for myself. Yeah. Yeah, that's like, I, I guess that's totally fair. Um, but when you have somebody else in your game, at least you can you, the tasks roughly go by twice as fast. Like, and in some yeah. cases, three times as fast if you get three players in. Although, you know, you you could spend some time if someone gets stuck and help them out. But the thing is. If if you were on your own, you would just have to start over basically or go get another truck. So it like impedes yeah. your process just as much getting stuck or breaking down a truck or something. So oftentimes when I get stuck, I just reset the truck immediately if I'm not carrying a load because it's, yeah. it's just like, no, let's just try that again. That was a stupid mistake. And I don't want to spend the time getting this truck unstuck. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I was doing that as well. And just like, as soon as like, oh, okay, totally suck. I don't have anything to winch. Okay, go back to the garage with this now. Yeah, I just, I, I re- like, I guess what you're saying is 100% true that, like, you know, however many people you have going in can go off and take care of some of these random things, like just by themselves. Yeah. But I feel like that's for me to the game's detriment. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like it would be more fun having everyone have a shared objective. Yeah, right. And I know that you you can play it that way. Yeah, sure. But yeah, and like not having a like, okay, we're we are dropping in and we are gonna go do this thing together. Yeah. Um, I feel like for me that would be much more desirable. Yeah, rather than having objectives that are designed for one player to complete. Um, yeah. Yeah. Although to be fair, a lot of the objectives have multiple tasks. So, yeah. um, So it, it, it does, you know, you can, like you said, do it way more quickly if you have, especially if it's like two or more different types of materials that need to be delivered to a particular site. Like, great. All of us can load up the stuff we need in a truck, take it all over there at the same time. And then that's been knocked out. But yeah, the, the map is big yeah there's so many different things to do there's so many different places to go explore and yeah. uh it i don't know after i had after i had explored all these areas by myself in my own game and then we went 
into Striddle Cakes' game, I was like, oh, everything I just did completely <laughs> doesn't matter now. Yeah. Um, shoot. I wonder if I wonder if there's some magic you can do with like copying a save over or something like that. So that at least, you know, you're you're all on one page. I don't know. Like if you want to Yeah, play, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, we'll 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 have to explore that. But something that was exciting about SnowRunner, and I'll I'll try and make this the last thing, but I did sell some trucks and I've recently unlocked some off-road trucks, like ones oh, cool. that are actually in the off-road class. And they may not be as strong as the heavy duty trucks, but they handle all the off-road stuff so much more efficiently. Like, you know, like the big bogs where you basically get stuck or have to winch your way through to make yeah. your and off. This is not a problem for an off-road truck. They just go through it like there's no like there's no resistance at all. Nice. <laughs> so, which is kind of amazing. Uh, so uh, that reminds me that I I found the Scout 800. Yes. In uh Strittles's game uh-huh. but and i loved using it but now i don't have it in mine <laughs> yeah because you couldn't take it home with you yeah yeah that's right yeah so. it does like i do think that that sucks that if you're in somebody else's game and you discover a vehicle yeah. it's like great they get that vehicle <laughs> you don't <laughs> you can good drive job it. discovering it though you can borrow it you know yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that that is funny. But although to be fair, if you find it in your own game, then you you can bring multiple trucks. Is my understanding? So you can have yeah, you just trucks. have to like put them. You have to retain them in your garage. Yeah, so to be able to use them. So if I come and play in your game to accomplish some tasks, I'm going to bring my off road trucks because they're <laughs> amazing. Nice. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Do you want to keep running down? Sure. I'll keep uh, going through. So also played some Halo Infinite via uh, PC Game Pass. And it's been fun. Like, I haven't gotten very far into the campaign, but I've started it because I just kind of wanted to see um, see what it's like, how it feels. So far, yeah. I have not gotten to the open world part of the game that they're talking about. It still feels like very linear Halo, like I'm used to. But yeah, I'm I'm not very far at all. Um, I also, via PC Game Pass, uh, started playing a really great game that for some reason now will not launch and I cannot continue, um, Mm. which is Yakuza 0. I finally was like, okay, I'm going to get into a Yakuza game. I've got some time on my hands. I'd like to see where this starts. And I am really enjoying it, but I've played probably three hours and now the game Refuses to actually launch as an app, like it launches as a background task in Windows, mm-hmm. but it does not launch as an application that I can actually interact with. <laughs> um, I've uninstalled, reinstalled, oh, okay. done new graphics drivers. I've done like all the like all of the troubleshooting that I could think of off the top of my head, and spent probably another hour to hour and a half trying to troubleshoot playing the game, but it will not launch. So. I I should have started it on Xbox instead of on my PC, but yeah. oh well. Um, so yeah, I'm sure I'll come back to it someday, but it's kind of left a bad taste in my mouth for trying to run it on my PC and it not working repeatedly. Yeah. Um, but in the first three plus hours that I've played, it's very like it just feels like you're watching a movie and then you get to play like a beat 'em up in between some of the scenes that you're watching. Oh, that's cool. Um, it's 
It's very cool. I would love to play more, but I likely will start the game over on Xbox uh, when it doesn't feel like it's too soon for me to be replaying through the first few hours. Yeah. And I guess if you did play through it, you might get through it a little faster just because you know what you're doing. But yeah, I know what you Yeah, but most of it is just watching story. Yeah. Shoot. Okay. So that's why I'm like, uh, I'll get back to it later. Yeah. I did also play a very, very limited amount of Rock Band 4 uh, because my back still has not been totally better, though today I'm feeling the best I've felt in a while. Mm-hmm. So I might try to give it a go today and play a couple of songs, but it's been a huge bummer really not being able to play my drums and or X, or sorry, uh, Rock Band, I was going to say Xbox. Um, oh, technically, Band. technically true. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's been kind of a bummer. Um, but something that I've started that's been really fun, and I've actually been playing it on stream, and I've been streaming um, around 9 a.m. Pacific time, um, as long as my monitor is working. 9 a.m. Pacific time to around noon uh, during the week. I've been playing Super Mario RPG for oh. the Super Nintendo. And oh my God, this game is so fun. And the writing is hilarious. Yeah, I I am very surprised at how much I really like this game. I also picked it because it's like, I'm like, I, you know, I kind of want to play an RPG, but I don't want something that's like the, well, I actually was like, I'd like to play an RPG on stream, but something that isn't the 100 to 120 hour time commitment that is Persona 5. Yeah. I just started this because it's supposed to be maybe up to 20 hours or so. It is so funny. Like, I love this game. I cannot wait to play some more. Um, So yeah, so far, very strong recommendation to check it out if you haven't already. And speaking of Persona 5, I have also, because I've been like, crap, I'm really loving playing this RPG. Uh, I want to play more RPGs. So... I loaded up my Persona 5 save, which I, I don't think I've played the game in probably like a year. And I was like, maybe I should start over. Maybe I'll pick it up and keep playing if I can remember where I'm at. Well, I, lo- I, I looked at my save and I'm already 50 hours in to Persona 5. So I'm like, I am not starting this over. <laughs> yeah. And um, I picked up where I left off. And surprisingly, I was like, oh, I remember everything that's going on right now. And uh, I've played probably another like four hours or so. And it's so good. (laughs) Persona 5 is so good. Yeah. Like the characters, the style of the game, the music. It is a wonderful, beautiful game um, that if you remotely like RPGs, I strongly recommend uh, playing Persona 5 if you've got a PlayStation 4. Um, And then... (laughs) The very last thing for me was uh, Forza Horizon 5, where I've played some races. It's fun. It's Forza. It's a nice, It's it was a nice thing to just kind of pull up and uh, play for a bit and just kind of like zone out too. So that is my long laundry list of things. I know that I talked for a lot longer than I normally do, <laughs> but uh, it's just to get all that stuff out of the way and allow you to talk about the last thing that you've been playing. Yeah. 
It, um, you talking about Super Mario R- uh, RPG um, reminded me that someone uh, has recommended that we play Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, which is just a, it's kind of, I think it's a good continuation of sort of, of, of the Mario RPG that's not Paper Mario. So it's a, and that's the GBA one. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's on GBA and uh, Wii U, but also 3DS. There's a version to play there. So, oh, nice. Yeah. So I'll have to check that out uh, one of these days if you're feeling another Mario RPG. So I, we haven't forgotten. So <laughs> if you're still listening out there. Yeah. You know well, <laughs> if, if ever you decide that you want to play through Super Mario RPG, um, because I imagine that I'll be finishing it in the next week or two. Oh, okay. Whatever you want to focus on it for the show, let me know because <laughs> it's it's so good. Yeah, it's a yeah. I can't it believe it's good. taken me this long to play this game. Yeah. Um. So anyway, uh, the last thing I've been playing is Deep Rock Galactic, and I really just don't have anything um particularly to say about it. I just play it. I pop in and play with one of my friends, uh, Tony the Creator, and. Um, it's it's still fun. It's still a great game. I'm ready to uh, rank up, or I always forget whatever the name is. Promote my gunner. Oh, yeah. Wait. Yeah, it is promote. For some reason, I was like prestige, and I'm like, no, that's that's uh, Call of Duty. Yeah, I always think of that. But it, it's effectively a prestige. You set the level back to zero, but you get special bonuses. I, I believe is that how it works. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, that's, and it's things like, uh, what, what my friend Tony was telling me about was the, uh, there's an overclock for the gun to make it shoot even faster. <laughs> so, uh, which is, it, it can kind of be, make it so you run through like ammo incredibly fast, but I've also learned that each of the characters have uh, different primaries that you can choose also. So yeah, you can start uh, unlocking different primary weapons and swapping them out. Yeah, so I think that that also requires a promotion. I think so. Uh, probably, probably, yeah. So I, I'm excited to do that. I have a, I think I have a max level scout in one of the versions. I forgot which one, but I think, yeah, looking forward to exploring more of that. Um, but that's that's all I've been playing. Life's been busy. I hope that it'll be a little bit more relaxing in the coming weeks. I've got. I, I believe I have some time off coming up here. So I just un, unclear of the schedule because uh, there's the company schedule and then there's my team schedule, which is like the essential workers. So gotcha. <laughs> we have to figure out what we're doing. You got anything else you want to talk about before we talk about what we'll be playing next? No, please uh, tell the folks at home what the next episode is going to be about. Uh, so I thought I'd, I'd pick something a little lighter on this time, and I we haven't played anything on the Wii this season, and the Wii is one of my favorite consoles. So uh, the next episode, we're going to be playing WarioWare Smooth Moves uh, for the Nintendo Wii, of course. All right. Well, anything else before uh, we get the heck out of here? I don't think so. All right. Well, uh, again, I just want to remind everybody that the... Uh, the live, the top five of 2021 stream. Uh, we're going to be doing that the 28th of December at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Um, if you cannot make it to the live session slash recording, that is totally fine. Because again, that is going to be on the podcast feed uh, some the week after the next episode hits. So be on the lookout for that. Um, also, in the meantime, in between time, you can 
uh, catch Andy at uh, twitch.tv slash Andy the Android for his regular streams. And I also will be streaming more regularly now, as I mentioned. I've uh, been trying to get trying to get in early in the day um, during the week. So my next one, I think I'm going to be doing this next Monday. Um, who knows? Maybe I'll stream some later today uh, if I'm looking for something to do. Uh, but yeah, you can also check me out at twitch.tv slash mash the Newton. Um, thank you guys for listening to the show. We know there are a lot of podcast options out there and we appreciate you taking the time to put our words in your ears. It really does mean a lot. Uh, you can also check out our website at www.retrogametimemachine.com and you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, and heck, way many other uh, podcasting applications. You can also join us on Discord. You can follow us on Instagram, uh, on Twitter. You can also support the show for a $2 or $5 tier on Patreon, which now we have a couple, which is awesome. So thank you so much for the support. Uh, come join us next time when we talk about WarioWare Smooth Moves from the Nintendo Wii. May your games be fun. Bye for now. See you. See you.